Praise God. Can you turn to someone and say, praise God? It's good to see you in, in church this morning. 8.30, wow. It's a very, very lovely time to worship God. I want to thank God for Glad Tidings Church. I want to thank God for the pastors and the leadership for their kind invitation for me to come and share God's Word with you. Uh, there are a lot of people who have met me and they, they somehow they, they seem to think that I'm from Calvary Church. No, I'm not from Calvary Church. I'm from Glad Tidings. Glad Tidings is my church. I left Glad Tidings, I think, in the year uh, 77 to Pioneer. And uh, in the year 78, we started our church. And within one year, we are on our own. I want to thank God for Glad Tidings because they are the ones who supported me through Bible school. Of course, one year when I was pioneering the church, within one year, we were self-sufficient. We were able to go on our own. And we never did look back. But I remember those days when Glad Tidings was in the chapel back then in, in uh, Bible school, and uh, it was such a, such a small, cramped place. We were all there, and uh, that's where I first came to uh, the Christ Ambassador's service. Somebody brought me to church, and I got saved there. And that place, I remember uh, when the then pastor launched the building fund program, we were all told to raise funds. I remember when I was a student, you know, we were all given different things to sell. I, I remember going and walking on the streets of Patainja just to sell pencils to raise funds for Glad Tidings Building Fund. And uh, I, I, I don't know, in those days when you are a student, you just do what the church tells you to do. But now that I'm a pastor, come to think of it, when you sell pencils, how many do you need to sell in order to get the church building done? It seems impossible. But it's the collective effort and it's the sincerity. And God has blessed the investment of the different people who have, who have contributed to, to raise funds for the church. And from that time up to now, it's a long, long story. It's a long history. You have done well for the glory of God. Amen? Give God a hand. It's a great church. If you, are, if you are not smiling now and you're not happy, I need to pray for you. Why? Because God has blessed you with a great church. You should be glad that you are part and parcel of this family called Glad Tidings because God has brought you so far. All the facilities that you enjoy, it's, it's great. And pray hard for your pastor because it's a lot of work. And this morning, I'd like to share with you a, a simple Father's Day message. I was told to uh, keep it short and fast. Okay. All right, Father's Day. Let's look to God in prayer, shall we? Father, thank you for your word this morning. Bless it. There's no other father like our Heavenly Father. You are the best father. And so, Lord, this morning as we look at your word, as we learn from you, Father God, teach us. Bless all the dear fathers who are here in our midst. Lord, that you'll be greater fathers and they will take one step forward and be better from yesterday. Bless your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Father's Day. Fathers and mothers are different. Just like guys and girls our girls are different. If you can't tell the difference between fathers and mothers, guys and girls, after the service, see me. I'll say a prayer for you. Fathers are guys. And like all guys and like all men, fathers have their own likes, their own favorites, and they have their own hobbies. It's a guy's things. If you, if you are a lady, you, you don't get involved with a guy's wife because it's, it's not a, a, a lady's thing, it's a, it's a guy's thing. And what do guys get into? They get into things like adventure. They love adventure for that matter. They like bikes. 
any guy here, any young man here, you don't like bikes, of course, you've got to get through your father first because your father will tell you, bikes are no, no. But during those days, even your dad was riding a motorbike. All guys love bikes. And of course, if you can't, uh, if your dad don't allow you to get a, get a bike, tell your dad, Dad, if I can't get a bike, why don't you get me a car then? Then your dad might change his mind and get, get you a bike. <laughs> okay? Guys are also, uh, dads are also into cars. Some fathers, some guys change cars every couple of years. Okay? It's, 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 it's them. They, they love cars. And of course, fathers, guys, dads, they love challenges. The greater the challenge, the better. Do it yourself. Of course, all these uh, different things that I've mentioned, adventure, bikes, uh, cars, challenges, and, and uh, uh, hiking, whatever, it varies according to your age. If you're a young dad, you're full of stamina and energy, and you're fit, you'll probably go for things which are more adventurous and challenging. But of course, if you're a senior citizen, you know, you need to be careful, be selective of your hobbies, go slow, be steady, lest you injure your back. Okay? And uh, it is said that uh, when you grow older and you enter into the Senior Citizens Club, better take up some sports which are less ch uh, challenging. And uh, golf is a good sport, they say. It is said of golf, when you start, you won't stop. I don't know. That's why I never did start. Pastor Vincent has always asked me to play. I can give him tips and advice about golf, but he asked me, do you play? No, I don't. Why? Because someone said when you start, you won't stop. Okay? So those are dead stuff. Guy stuff, alright? And this morning, I want to share with you uh, an object lesson with regard to some select tools, with regard to fathers. All fathers, all dads would love to and they would want to and they have in their possession what we call a father's toolbox, a toolbox. And within the toolbox, if you look at the toolbox, a toolbox can be of any colour. It can be blue, it can be orange, it can be red, it can be any colour, but it is the content within that makes the difference. Now, of course, every specific tool that's within the, 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 the toolbox that the father has or possess is something that he selects himself. You select your tools. Those are the tools that you're familiar with. Those are the tools that you like. Let's look at some of the tools which probably dad would keep inside this uh, so-called toolbox. The first tool that I would probably think that is found inside there, every dad would love, is called the uh, adjustable wrench. How many know what is an adjustable wrench? This wrench can be big, it can be small. And of course, all dads will want to have one. When the, when the kitchen sink is jammed and the water doesn't flow, you need to go down underneath and uh, do some adjustments and uh, remove the, uh, whatever the, uh, is, is beneath down there. And you need this wrench to help you. It, the size is adjustable. Now, of course, mom also might own, own one. And the one, one that mom owns is a lot bigger and that's the one that she, that she will use if you come back late, when dad comes back home late. Okay, so watch out. Be sure you wear your crash helmet when you come back late because the, the one that mom uses, the wrench is a lot bigger than the one dad uses. Okay, the, the wrench, fathers, must be flexible and adaptable in any situation that may arise. That's the representation of the wrench. If you are a dad, there will be times when mom will go on a holiday and, well, all moms deserve a good holiday. It's a full-time job to be a mom and a, and a wife. So when mom goes on a holiday, you are supposed to be the man. You are supposed to be flexible and adaptable. And you are, you are, you are like mom to the, to the children when mom is away. You are the nurse. You are the cook. You are everything. You are their super mom or super dad, whatever. Okay? I remember when my wife goes uh, on holiday, I would end up in the kitchen cooking for the children. 
And my children love my cooking. Okay? They say I cook better than mom. The food tastes better. So I tell them, don't tell mom. Okay? Now, I have a reason to suspect otherwise. Why? Because I don't cook that often. I don't have much practice. When I'm home, or when mom is home, she does all the cooking. She says, get out of the kitchen. Why? Because I'm in charge. This is my territory. I do all the cooking. And so when I'm done with the cooking, you can come and enjoy the food together with the children. And, and this is my job to, 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 to do the cooking. So I don't get much practice. So when mom is away, I get to cook. And they say, your cooking is good, dad. I think, I think children are very smart and very witty. They have got a way of telling you uh, and patting you on your back, dad, your cooking is good. But actually, they don't mean what they say. It's just that you don't cook that often and they want to kind of like pujok you and make you feel good. So, benefit of the doubt. Okay, so fathers must be flexible and adaptable. Let's look at some scripture. If you have your Bibles, smartphone or iPad, look at Ephesians 6.4. The scripture would speak for itself. Ephesians 6.4, it says, Parents, do not treat your children in such a way as to make them angry. Instead, raise them with Christian discipline and instruction. And Colossians 3.21, Colossians 3.21, it says, Parents, do not irritate your children or they will become discouraged. Now, the scripture is very, very clear, very relevant. Does it surprise you that some dads, they are insecure? Does it shock you that some dads, they use their children for target practice? They use their children as a punching bag? I mean, seriously, I'm telling you, okay? Never... Talk down on your children. Never put down your children. Never discourage your children. If ever there's a word for your children, it's called encourage. Whatever they do, whether right or wrong, is your job as a dad to cover them, protect them, encourage them, be positive. So that they will, it will help to uplift them and they will improve. Never put them down. Some, some dads make it a habit to, to, to get their children upset and they, they, they make a blunt of, the, of a joke of their children. If you are a dad like that, don't do it. It's never too late to stop. It's not good. Encourage your children so that they, are, they will grow up with the virtue of God in their lives. Let's look at the second tool. The second tool that you must have in your toolbox is called a, a level or, 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 or a balancer. Okay? Now, this, this lever is, is very interesting gadget. Why? Because it has got a, a glass at, at the center and, and both sides and it has got a green liquid, liquid inside and there's a line in the center. It's called a balancer or a level. When you want to put up a, a picture okay, on the wall of your new room or, or home, you need this device. Why? Because it helps you to align the picture so it's, it's level. It's dead center. It's not, it's not right, too, too to right, tilt to the right or, or too, too much to the left. And if you don't have this instrument, which you call the, the level or the balancer, when you put up your picture, okay, it's a picture of your wife or it's a picture of you or your children, your, your, your wife will always be slanting one side or the other side. You don't want to have your wife get upset with you. Why? Because your wife is upright. But the picture of her on the wall is always one side or, or the other side. Why? Because you don't have the use of the, the blessing of this, uh, uh, benefit of this a leveler or, or balancer. It helps you to balance the center point so your wife will look upright and straight. The balancer. When you walk on level ground, it is firm and stable. When you're leading your children as a father in life, you need to walk on level ground. It's dangerous to walk on ground that is not level. It's slippery. When you are leading your children as, as, as a dad, your, your leadership, okay, it's very important that you walk on stable, firm, level ground. There's a scripture here for you. Okay? 
So fathers need to work on level parts as, a, as, a, as an example, as well as keep a level-headed relationship with their children. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 9. Turn to Jeremiah 31 verse 9. It says there in Jeremiah 31 verse 9, They will come. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am their father. So father, your role is very important. Your children, your wife, the family, they look up to you. You lead. You take the front line. You are the first. And so when you check out the, road, the, the, the route or the route in front and all the safe paths and you tell them, this is the safe path, follow in my footsteps and this is the level ground, the stable ground. Your children will be well led in life and you have got a bright future. Why? Because of your fine leadership. You are a very balanced father. You lead them on level, stable ground. The third tool in your toolbox, number three. Look at number three. Change, okay. In your toolbox, probably you'll find this item. It's called a tape measure. Now, this is the one that the ladies use when they are uh, in front of the sewing machine and the, the, the clothes, whatever, they are sewing clothes. But for the guys, their tape measure is a, is a, is a metal piece uh, instrument. It has got a, a, a switch. You pull out the tape and you press the button. It, it swings back. It's, it's like a toy that you can play with, okay? It's a long thing, okay? Now, this is a very, very important item in your toolbox. You did this. When you're going to Ikea or you're going to the furniture shop to buy something for your room or for your house, a lot of dads assume that they know everything. I know the measurement. I know the size. And this, this, this uh, cupboard or this bed is exactly what I want, okay? And you place the order, you pay for it. It's sent to your house. And then when the bed is being sent and carried into the, into the house, it can't even go through the front door. Or worse still, you manage to squeeze it through the front door, it gets into the room, and then you realize that the bed is longer than what you expect, okay? The, the room is too small to fit the bed, the other way around, whichever, okay? And so you need a tape measure. The tape measure will help you. You measure the space where the, the cupboard or, or, or the bed is supposed to be, and then you go to the shop with the measurement and buy the exact bed or cupboard that you need. And when it's delivered, it will fit exactly, and you are proud that you did a great job, and your wife will say, well done. Okay? Or else you are in serious trouble. Okay? Serious trouble with your wife. Okay? So this tape measure is very important. Okay? You measure twice but cut once. Sometimes you want to do something, project. Without much thinking, you measure and you cut. And then you realize, oops, I made a mistake. I cut too short. I mark it wrongly. It's said that when it comes to tape measure and when you're about to cut something, you're supposed to saw something through, you measure twice but you cut only once because you are allowed to only cut once. So make sure you measure twice. Make sure it's accurate. You got the measurement correct, cut. And then the part will fit. Okay? Fathers need to measure their time and priorities between work and family life. This tape measure speaks about you, fathers. Measure your time between your work, your career, and your family and your children. If you spend too much time in your work and your career, you're always busy, busy, busy earning money. You'll be surprised. Your children and your family, yes, they need the material blessing. They need the money. But more so, they need you. They, they want you and your quality time. They want to see you more. Some children grow up not recognizing their fathers. How does your dad look like? Every month he changes. He's traveling overseas. I, I don't see him that often. And whether he has gained weight or, or lost weight, I don't know. When I see him, I'll be more updated. I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I have the latest info. I'll, I'll tell you how my dad looked like. If you, have, if you have children complaining that they don't, they don't recognize you, they don't see you, something is wrong. You need to measure your time. 
your priority between your work and your career and spending time with your family is very important. There's a scripture here that you need to look at. Deuteronomy verse 25, verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 5. It says, Use true and honest weights and measures so that you may live a long time in the land that the Lord God is giving you. The God that we serve is a God of measure, true, honest, integrity, upright. God admonishes us to use honest weights and measure. It speaks about you as a dad, as a man of God. God has put you there to lead the family. You are upright. You are of honest, integrity, true measure. Okay? All dads need to have a tape measure in their toolbox. Next tool, number four. All dads need to have towels in their toolbox. What are towels for? You look at the size of the towel, it's not really that big. It's a handy towel meant to be kept inside the toolbox. It can be of any color. It can be blue, yellow, white. White is not so encouraged. Why? Because white, after you have wiped the dirt off the floor or whatever you need to wipe, it shows on the white. White towels tend to look more dirty. If you have a colored towel which is darker color, you can wipe a lot of times, it still doesn't look that dirty. It's a play of the eyes. Okay, brown towel will, will be fine. Okay, every father must have towels in their toolbox. Fathers are not perfect. The towel, cleaning towel, represents fathers. Fathers are not perfect. If I may say, fathers are never perfect. Amen. Because we are, we are not, we are not upright. We are fallen creatures. God is perfect, but we are not perfect. So, fathers, far from it, you are not perfect. And every father makes mistakes. When you are a father, when you make a mistake, you should clean up your mess after you have done that mistake. And, and sometimes it's also important that when you have made a mistake, it's okay to tell your children, hey, I made a mistake. I apologize to you for it. Say sorry to your children. There are some dads who are here, they are so full of themselves and they are so proud. When it comes to saying sorry or, or humbling themselves to the level of their children to say, I, I, I apologize, they will never ever do that. It's important that you set a good example. If you want your children to be humble, acceptable, and they are kind-hearted, they are able to acknowledge their mistakes, and uh, even sometimes when they are not in the, in the wrong, but they still give way to other people who are more arrogant, they got a very lovely spirit. That lovely spirit of being humble, apologetic, saying sorry, uh, that you don't mean it, is inherited from you. When you are a father, you set, you set such good example before your children. Your children will respect you. Respect is earned. And so, as a father, learn to say sorry to your children. First John 1.9. Look at First John 1.9. First John 1.9 says, But if we confess our sins to God, He will keep His promise and do what is right. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all our wrongdoing. So, when you do wrong, it is expected of you to go before your Heavenly Father and confess your sin. The Bible says, it comes with a promise, when you confess your sin before your Heavenly Father to God, God says, I will forgive you. Come, confess your sin. And God says, I will forgive you and cleanse you. And just as you expect that privilege from God, that, that special pass from God, when you make a wrong and you confess, God forgives you, why can't you apply the same to your children? When you make a mistake, tell your children, hey, sorry kids, I, I made a mistake. Can you forgive me? Let me try again. And your kids will be, will, will be more than glad to say, Dad, hey, you are our dad, it's alright. When you make mistakes, make as many as you want, but not too many, of course. <laughs> we will give you another chance. They will. They will. 
And just as sometimes when your children make mistakes, you give them a chance, they will in turn also give you a chance. Alright? So likewise, when you expect that from God, you do the same, okay? Vertically, horizontally, you apply the same, okay, to your children and to your family. Next tool. We're doing very well. Next tool, number five, is called the extension cord. The extension cord comes in many sizes, different lengths, many colors. It's your preferred color choice. You like pink, you like red, you like yellow or white, it's up to you. White, again, I say, it tends to be a bit more uh, dirty. Picks up dirt very fast, you can see. Uh, I personally choose green color because green color is nice, okay? And uh, what is the purpose of the extension cord? If you are dead, you would love to clean your car and polish your car. But it's more challenging to vacuum the car inside. That's the important part. Your car doesn't smell when you vacuum it regularly, okay? And if you want to vacuum your car, it's not possible sometimes to, to, to vacuum your car. Why? Because the, the driveway to, from the, to the inside, the power source is far away. And the, 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 the power cord is from the vacuum cleaner okay, to, the, to, to, to where you source your power is too, just too far away. And so sometimes it helps when you stretch the max, the cord from the, from the vacuum cleaner. Halfway point, you can't reach the power source. You extend that, 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 that power, the point, okay, from, uh, you plug it into that, uh, what you call the extension cord, and with the extension cord, you extend it further and plug it to the power source in the wall. So the power, the extension cord that extends the power to you from the power source helps you. It helps you. It makes your work easier when you want to vacuum your car. That's the purpose of the extension cord. The extension cord speaks about uh, flexibility. You're able to stretch. So if you are dead, it is expected of you to, to be flexible and you're, you're, you're supposed to stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch. Okay? Of course, there's a limit. But if you are dead, you need to be able to stretch at, at, at times for your family, to, to make sacrifices. Okay? There's a scripture that says, Isaiah 54, verse 2. Look at Isaiah 54, verse 2. Extension cord. Isaiah 54, verse 2. It says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Max it. Okay? Strengthen your sticks. This scripture talks about blessing. When you are dead, you stretch and stretch. You open up the curtains wide. You, you, you extend and you extend. You know what? The more generous you are, the more liberal you are in endowing your, 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 your children and in endowing your, your family, your, your children with blessing and you, you're able to sacrifice for them, it makes glad their lives. It makes them glad that they, they have you as their dad. And so dad, you need to be like an extension cord. And of course, the purpose of the extension cord is to tap on to power. If you are a dad and you're always extending, extending and giving and giving, there will come a time you are deprived. You've got no more to give. But that's not the story. The story is as a dad, you are extending and you're giving, but you are always plucked into a source. So as a dad, you are an extension cord. You give to your family and you bless your family. You are generous, you are sacrificial, but you will never run dry because your source, as an extension cord, you are always plucked into your heavenly Father. You are always plucked into God. And God is the one who, who, who is, a, he is the source of all your blessing. Amen? God extends blessing to you. And the more God pours into your life, the more you tap onto God and draw from God the blessings of God, God extends His blessing to you. He multiplies His blessing to you and you're able to in turn, turn around and bless your family. And so this card here speaks about how you relate with your family and children. You also relate to your God and draw strength and blessings from Him. So you can bless others more. 
The next two. Now this one, this one is a very interesting one. It's called cologne or perfume. It comes in different sizes. Let me explain to you why. Okay? Some, some, some guys like it square, some like it slim, different shapes. Okay? But if you're asking, hey, pastor, perfume, cologne in the two boxer, why so? It's because if you are dead, after you are, you are done wiping the car, polishing the car, and vacuuming the car, or you have put together a, 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 a furniture item, and uh, it, take, it took probably an hour or two for you to finish that project, and after you have done, take a good look at yourself in the mirror. Can you recognize yourself? Yeah, you're still the same, except for, for the fact that your, your, the sweat is flowing down your, your brow, and you're, you're all soaked in sweat, and uh, okay, you still can recognize yourself in front of the mirror. Now, Take a, take a whiff and smell yourself. How do you smell? You don't smell good, do you? And you'll be surprised before you start your, 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 your project, your, your children will come and offer you a drink and your wife will say, do a good job, dear, or do a good job, honey. Okay? And after you're done with the project, you say, hooray, it's all done. And your, your wife will stand 10 feet away from you and your children will be far away. And you're saying, hey, I, I've done the job. Aren't you going to come near me and pat me on the back and congratulate me, they'll probably say, well done from afar. Why? Because they are not going to approach you and come near you. Why? Because you don't smell that good. Correct or not? Okay? The cologne or the perfume inside the toolbox is handy. Okay? The cologne or the perfume represents your wife. Okay? Now, all wives and all children are the same. They expect their husbands or their dad to look good and also to smell good. Say smell. Smell good. If you are a wife here, if you are, you are, if you are a child here, you are a daughter, you are a your son, I'm sure you agree with me, right? Okay. You don't want your dad to look bad. You want your dad to look good, and especially so to smell good. And some of us, we don't even realize it. We assume that we, we are okay. But, you know, you never ask, you won't know. Ask your wife, do I look good? Your wife will say, my colleagues' husband now. And my colleagues' wives say of you, you are my husband. You are like that. Why? Because you are tall, you are good looking, but you never uh, accentuate your looks. Before you married me, you were chasing me, you dressed your best, you comb your hair nicely, and you shave, and you stand up, right? And you took me to the best restaurants, but after you have married me, married me for all these years and counting, I look at you, you have Fallen from grace. <laughs> you're sloppy. You don't comb your hair. And you don't smell good. I, I, I went out with my, my daughter once to the, uh, uh, to the mamak shop to have a drink. I go out with her and sometimes my son also comes along. I spend a lot of time with them to drink and talk. Okay? And uh, there was one time before we left for the shop to uh, get ourselves a, a drink. You know? uh, my wife said, you know, the, the, the t-shirt that you have, dad. My wife calls me dad. I think some of you, it's the same, right? Um, mom calls dad, dad. Dad calls mom, mom. Just as the children call their, their dad, dad, and they call their mom, mom. So it, it's understood. So my, my, my wife calls me dad. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. So when your wife says, hey, dad, you better stand to her attention and listen. My wife said to me, hey, dad, the T-shirt that you're wearing, please change. I said, why? I'm comfortable. You know, uh, dads are creatures of habit. You see, a lot of dads, they've got this T-shirt which they've worn for umpteen years. It's very, very seasoned. 
Okay. Despite the fact that there are holes all over, okay, and they still love it. And mom says, it's alright, I know you love that t-shirt or that pants so much. It has turned into a preserved vegetable, ham choy, but never mind. You still love it, but if you are in the house, you can wear it. But when you leave the house or get out of the house, don't wear it. So I was about to leave. I, I wore my pants, but I, but I was still wearing that t-shirt which I normally wear in the house. And she said, Dad, take out that shirt, change it. I said, why? Because she said, it smells. It smells. And after she said that, my daughter, who was standing next to me, my daughter chipped in and she said, Yeah, Lord. Every time I go with you, I don't say, you know, I control you, you know. I control, you know. But it smells. And so I was embarrassed and uh, I got to go and change and take out that t-shirt and I, I got rid of it. I sent it to, I sent it to eternity and, you know, I got rid of it. And so sometimes you, are, you may not be told. Your wife and your daughter don't want to embarrass you. Your children don't want to embarrass you, but please be sensitive. If you don't smell good, shower more. If you don't smell good, buy more perfume. Make sure this perfume is in your toolbox. Why? Because your daughter and your wife expects you to look the best and smell the best for the glory of God and for their glory. <laughs> okay? Is that a scripture here? Let's look and see. Okay. Yep, there's a scripture here. It says, Ephesians 5.25. Ephesians 5.25. Cologne, perfume represents women. Women love perfume. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave His life for it. Okay? Let me conclude this uh, statement here with this statement here. Perfume, cologne represents wives, women. One of, the, one of the best things a father can do for their children is to love their mother. Very important. Children are looking at you. Father, you are the example. When you don't treat your wife well, you, when you abuse your wife, there are a lot of husbands who abuse their wives. It may not be action. It can be words. You put down your wife. You demoralize your wife. It's not right. When you do that, your children are observing. And one day, the pattern, the blueprint for marriage is applied to your children. When your children grow up, they'll be exactly like you. They also put down their wives Demoralize their wife, abuse their, their wife. Okay? And a lot of children don't like their father. Why? Because their father always put down their mother. So the best thing you as a father should do is when you love your children's mother, they will appreciate that. Okay? So as a father, love your wife. Your children's seed is a, a, is a very good godly example to them. The next tool, let's move. Number seven. The next tool that you need to have in your toolbox is called the pliers. Fathers need to hold things together in the family. With everyone and everything else, with everyone and, and everything else appear to be losing their grip. There will be times when the family is stricken with uh, emergency or uh, something go, go wrong. For example, the, the teeth broke into the house. I was once uh, fishing at 2 something in the morning and I got a call from my daughter. She said, please come home. I said, why? Uh, teas broke into the house and uh, I was shocked. I didn't know how to wreck. And so I, I packed everything. I rushed home and uh, thank God that my wife was okay and my children are okay. I said, what happened? They, they cut the, the front door. They came in and they, they were armed with knives. And uh, normally when teas broke into the house at 2 something in the morning, they would do more than just rob. They would also harm and hurt people. But God somehow miraculously preserved the family. My wife was not hurt. My daughter was not hurt. I asked my wife, what happened? And she said, 
uh, I heard the ruffling of, 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 of the ruffling, there was some ruffling sound in the room. Okay? I wasn't wearing my glasses, but I could, I could see some shadows. And God told me, don't be afraid. God said, these are robbers, strangers. Don't be afraid. When you jump out of your bed, you can't see them. All you need to do is open your mouth and I'll fill your mouth with sound. So my wife said, I did exactly as, as what God told me. I jumped out of bed. I opened my mouth. I looked in the direction of the two shadows because I'm not wearing my glasses. I can't see. I opened my mouth and sound came out from my, from my mouth. And the, the, the two robbers were armed with knives, heard the sound. They got a fright of their lives. They fled for their dear life. And after the event was over, I, I asked my daughter and my, my wife asked my daughter also, we, we, we asked my daughter, what happened? She said, I was asleep. And I heard this very strange, loud sound, like a lion roaring. It woke me from my sleep. And then I saw two guys who are, who are covered in black. They, they, their faces were covered. They, they make a dash down the stairs and they fled for their dear lives. And the, the cops who came and investigated later, they said, it's strange. Why? Because this kind of thing doesn't happen. If you are a woman, you're easily intimidated. intimidated. And the robbers were armed with, with, with knives. They normally will, more than, more than, they do more than just robbing, they will harm and they hurt the family. It's a miracle. Of course, he didn't know, but I, I know it was God. And God protected the family. And so sometimes if there's an emergency, okay, your wife do not, do not know what to do. Your children do not know what to do. You are the dad. You've got to hold your ground and say, it's all right. I'm here. I'm in charge. Stay cool. Be steady. Just as I look to God and God is, God is our provider and he's, he's able to stabilize the situation, I'm here. Okay, so your, your family looks to you. Okay, inside you, you may, be, you may be afraid. Inside you as, as a dad, you are scared. But don't show, up front say, it's Okay. And after your, your wife and your children have, have uh, survived through the ordeal of that challenging situation, when you're back in, in your own room or you're in the toilet, then you can, you can go down to your knees and cry if you want to. <laughs> but that, at all times, you've got to be like the pliers to hold things together. Put on a brave front and hold the family, hold things together, even in the midst of a serious turmoil or emergency. Okay? There's a scripture that says uh, in Colossians 1.17. Colossians 1.17, look at it very quickly. Colossians 1.17, it says, And in Jesus, all things are held together. So just as Jesus, the Son of God, was given to bless the church, and Jesus is the foundation stone, the cornerstone of the church, Jesus holds the church. Jesus holds all things together. You as a dad, from the example of Jesus, the Son of God, you as a dad, you hold the family together. You gel them together. The bond is strong because dad holds everyone together. That's the dad that you should be, upright, Holding everything together. Next two. Second last one. It's called the rubber mallet. The rubber mallet is shaped exactly like the, a hammer, except that the hammer is made of iron. When you knock with the iron, it hurts. It's meant to pound the nail into the, into the wall or into the, into the wood, whatever. Okay? But the rubber mallet is wholly, wholly made of rubber. When you hit something, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't really damage. Okay, you don't use it to, 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 to knock the, the nail. Okay? It, it, doesn't, it cannot do that. It, it hits, it bounces back. Okay? This tool is used when your car is dented in order to preserve the paintwork on your car to hit the dent out 
or from inside out or from outside in, okay? They use this mallet. It will, you gently use it. It will apply gentle pressure. It will knock. It will, it will reset the dent in your car. And then they can just polish it or spray it, whatever, or, or do something with it. But if you use iron to hit the, the dented part of your car, the paintwork will crack. Okay? So this is the purpose of the, of the ballad. Gentle pressure. Okay? Fathers need to be persuasive. Fathers need to be gentle in urging. Fathers need to gently nudge their children once in a while. Fathers need to apply some gentle pressure and influence on their children without being too hard, without being too damaging. Now, when I was young those days, old school, dad was old school, mom was old school, but the generation has changed. We have gone beyond generation X, Y, and Z. Nowadays, children are very, very different. Okay? You can't do to them like you did old school style. In my time, my dad was commander-in-chief. When my dad says, get it done, you get it done. When my dad says, no, no means no, N-O. No apologies. When you don't do it, you're in serious trouble. Okay? You are really in trouble when, you, when dad says do, you don't do. Okay? Nowadays, as a, as a father, you can't do the same. You can't tell your daughter and, 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 and son, I'm the law. I'm the general. How many stars? Six stars. When I say do, you do. Okay? When you apply too much pressure on your children, when you insist in your, on your way, you will lose your children. How many of you understand? You apply too much pressure on your children nowadays, they will walk out on you. You don't see your, your daughter, you don't see your son anymore. There's nothing like your son and your daughter staying in the same house, same roof with you. When you apply too much pressure on them, when they walk out, they trust outside people rather than they trust their own, you are in serious trouble. It breaks your heart. I, I, I know there are a lot of parents who have suffered the loss of their children. Their children are, are, are not enjoying with them and their children don't live with them and they don't, their children don't see eye to eye with them. Something went wrong and, and as a dad or as a mom, you, you made a mistake and you realize, oh, I shouldn't have raised my voice. And in that moment of anger, I got upset. I told my, my son or my daughter, get out of the house. This is my house. You are a son, you are a daughter. And this is my house. I own it. If you don't agree with me, you don't listen to me, get out of the house. And sometimes when we are when in, in a fit of anger, when we say get out of the house, they remember. It hurts them. And they are very deeply hurt. The cut is very deep. And when the time is right, when they are working and they are able to survive on their own, they will gladly get out of the house. Why? Because the further they are from you, the better they don't want to see you. Okay, it's real. And so you must know how to, uh, if your children are out, even though they are wrong, use the mallet. Gentle nudge. Gentle urge. Apply influence. Apply some pressure. And in such a way, it doesn't really hurt or, or, or damage them. And they may not realize it, but later, many years later, they'll look back and say, Dad, when you said, this, when you said that to me a long time ago, use, use gentle position and gentle pressure. I really appreciate what you did for me. And now that I'm also a, a mom or a dad myself, I know why. I know why. There's a scripture here. Look at Ephesians 4.1. Paul says to the believers in Ephesus, I urged you. That's called gentle pressure. That's called nudging. That's called persuasion. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now, Paul could have said it any other way. P Paul could have said if you guys don't listen to me, you live the lifestyle that you're living now, you'll all go to hell. He could have said it that, that way. Very 
negative, very bombastic. But he said it in a very loving, gentle way. I urge you. And there are times Paul says, I, I, I beseech you by the mercies of God. I plead with you with God's love. Please don't do this. Please, la, come on. I'm praying for you. I stand with you. I help you. Don't do it. Gentle pressure. Urging, nudging. I urge you to live a life that's worthy of the calling you have received. That's Paul. Learn from Paul. And all that should be like a rubber mallet. Okay? Gentle. Last tool. Of course, there are a lot of other tools, but this is the last. Okay? You need to have the Bible in your, in, your, in your toolbox. The Bible must always be part of Dad's toolbox. Okay? When you buy something new, it could be an electrical in, uh, uh, instrument, a, a rice cooker, or a fan, or, or it, could, it could be anything that you buy okay, from the shop. Every new item that is bought from the shop comes with a booklet. It's called an instruction manual. There are a lot of dads who think that they can put together everything without consulting or looking at the instruction manual. They will spend hours putting together that item. And after they are, they are done putting that, together the item, they, switch, they throw the switch on, it doesn't work. And then wife comes along and tells you, there I told you, read the instruction manual. Follow the instruction manual step by step. See now? You see now? It doesn't work. And what you have to, what you have to do is now is uh, you have to undo everything and redo it all over again. And this time round, second time round, you, you, you do it. You do it with the help of the instruction manual and with the help of your wife, making sure that you follow the instruction manual. So it, 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 it pays a lot to do it the first time round by reading first the instruction manual. What is the instruction manual for? To direct you, to, to, to help you, to give you wisdom, to, so that you know whatever you're putting together is the right thing to do. The Bible is dad's or father's instruction manual. We are not perfect as a father. I think the children and the wives by now, they know. Dads are not perfect. But they are, they are your dad. They are your husbands. So whether you like it or not, they are yours. Your dad belongs to you. And so give your, your dad a chance to improve. And so as a dad, you're not perfect, but you are well on your way to become a better dad. Every day you improve. Every day you take a few steps forward. Why? Because you are reading and you are observing and you are following God's instruction manual. And God's instruction manual to you as a dad is the Bible. If you are a dad, you should be reading your Bible every day. Say amen. You need to be praying every day. As you read the Bible every day, little by little, you pray little by little, God changes you line by line, precept by precept. You get better as a dad. And sometimes the, the values that we have as a dad, how come we are, we are able to... Uh, uh, to, to talk like that and respond in that kind of situation is a very challenging situation. How come we are able to respond in a very positive manner? How come we are forbearing and how come we are patient and how come we are, we are long-suffering? Why are we like that? And then suddenly you realize it's because all this while, you, every morning you have been reading the Word and you, you've been praying and the, the nature of God, His personality, His character is imputed into your life as a result of you reading God's instruction manual called the Bible. The Bible changes you slowly and surely, gradually, for better, for better. And you become a, a better dad and a better man. Okay, why? Because you are following and reading God's instruction manual. And so, dad, you cannot do without this tool in your, in your toolbox. It's called the Bible, God's instruction manual. Some scripture. If you have your Bible, turn to Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do and He will show you the right way. Amen? Proverbs 4.1 
My children, listen to what your father teaches you. Pay attention and you will have understanding. So dad, you are well on your way to become a great dad. You're not perfect yet. You're not, you have not arrived yet, but you're well on your way to become a great dad. Why? Because you've got the best instruction manual. It's called the Bible. Amen. In closing, fathers, all fathers who are here, do your best and be the best. Happy Father's Day. In the eyes of your wife, in the eyes of your children, you are their hero. Add the word there. You are their superhero. Okay? You are God's gift to them. So fathers, do yourself a favor. Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> In the eyes of your wife and your children, you are their super dad. You are their superhero. They will want no other dad except you. You are the best dad to them. Hallelujah. Let's give all the fathers a hand. I leave this word with you and God bless you. See you, Pastor.